Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to this week's episode of the Rise Together podcast. It's me, Dave, your host here. I'm sitting in the studio of a new friend of mine named Dave Barnes, who I'm so excited to introduce you to today. Dave is a Grammy-nominated musician. He is a songwriter. He is a comedian at times. He hosts a fantastic podcast called Dadville. And he and I had a conversation today about how peace exists in his life, how this studio where I'm sitting is a source for creative inspiration, how he cultivates the courage to actually show up well for his life and pass that courage on to his three kids. I know you're going to love this conversation. Sit back, relax, and enjoy Dave Barnes. What would the world look like if we all pushed ourselves to have candid conversations with people who didn't look like us, think like us, or live like us? I'm Dave Hollis, and I'm on a mission to learn more about this world by meeting more of the people who live here. You may not always agree with everything you hear, but I guarantee you'll come away more informed on topics you might never have thought to seek out before. This isn't just a podcast, it's a community. And when we raise each other up, we all rise together. I mean, can we just acknowledge the elephant in the room? This place, my weight. This, no, sir, you are very handsome and shape <laughs> is <laughs> on your side. Uh, we're not on a patio. Yeah. What's interesting is like I started this mission thinking that I was going to find people on their patios of peace, and I am now creating a story that your patio of peace actually exists inside of this studio because yeah. peace can be manufactured here. Is this real? Yes, and also it was a patio at some point. Before, oh. they put the, before they put the roof on. Well, wait a second. All of a sudden, we are actually in a patio. It's just now... It's a closed patio. A closed patio. <laughs> with HVAC. With air conditioning. <laughs> on a humid day, by the way. On a, a very, very humid a day. A very strong I move. thank you a that this could be the patio. <laughs> Otherwise, there'd be a lot of like, yeah, um, uh, you know, <laughs> adjusting. I, I, I wore this shirt yesterday. Yeah, I don't I want, can tell I don't want you to. Here. I don't want you to think that I am a recycler of shirts, but I yeah. wore this shirt yesterday, got to my first patio. And you were like, I the, have I, grossly underestimated. The humidity. <laughs> my ability to perspire was <laughs> on display. <laughs> Your body was like, we got to do it. I'm we sorry, go, let's dude. go. Like, we're just, let's we, go. Let's get through this lift. shirt. <laughs> let's get through this shirt. <laughs> yes. So the, the conceit of this here is yep. I am trying to understand from other people, first, where peace is found for them. And mm-hmm. so in the midst of you got these three kids, you're writing this music, you're every once in a while being comedic, having yes. a podcast called yes. Dadville, all these things, yeah. right? Yeah. How do you find peace? You know, this is going to feel like such a manufactured answer, but it's true. I think the older I get, it has to be from my relationship with God. And I think that's, 
<laughs> but I can feel some people are like, come on, man, the canned answer. But I think it's really that, it's that simple and true for me. And it's really become more of a re revelation the older I get. Because I think I try to go to these other places that I think will give me that. And, uh, and I just think it's so important to have as best as I can, and I'm terrible at this, but some sort of daily moment with God in prayer and reading, um, you know, just to kind of, because I can't get that anywhere else. Yeah. I can get really great things other places that are fun and exciting and, and, and liberating and whatever, but I, I, I just can't quite get that, <laughs> you yeah. know? I can't, um, and I love my job. I love sitting in here writing songs. It's my favorite thing in the world, but it's still not the same thing, you know? Because yeah. uh, even on the best days, it causes more energy that isn't exactly like peaceful, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so I think for me, that's a big part. My, my conceit with a patio, not that it was necessarily a thing I would have liked to have to lean on, was yeah. this like idea of like, hey, there's so much chaos that's happening in my life in real times. If I can manufacture something intentionally that allows me to yeah. put a little bit yeah. of a roadblock against some of the noise that might come in. Yeah. But that secondarily, I might actually also access God, which yeah, is certainly yeah. part of yeah. it. I, in the book, wrote a line that is from, I want to say James, James 4, 6, I think, which is, draw closer to God, he'll draw closer to mm. you. And at a time when I needed God more than ever, and also was struggling with my faith more than I ever had yeah. because of some of the stuff that yeah. was going on, it was this like intentional time in a still space yeah. where I was like, all right, I'm on my knees. I need you. I'm going to yeah. try and draw closer to you. I don't understand why or what is happening. And yet, maybe in this stillness, you can meet me here. You know, I, not to get preaching. Let's go. Man. Let's go. Let's uh go. -oh. Son of a preacher, man. <laughs> flex, flex. Um, that was really sad. Everybody, it's really not that impressive. Um, I, you know, I think that to me is a such a timely word for our culture. And I think the part of our in Christendom that is really struggling with sort of these walk it backward, which I think is fine. Yeah, I think John Mark Comer has great thoughts on this. Like, you know, it is okay to deconstruct. It really is. God is bigger than that. It, it's not, but can you do it in a space that still has scripture? It has church. It has community. It has prayer because that's the best place to do. Like, and I think that, that, that word, that verse is so unbelievably profound to me because the idea is to press in, not to leave. And yeah. it's, so, it's so admirable to see you do that. Well, I think that's such an incredible, it shows a lot of wherewithal, and I think you being able to walk through that season and be where you are now is absolutely contingent on that thing. Yeah, what's interesting though is there were, there were times at the very beginning where it was the last thing I wanted. Oh. Right, because I, I was imagine. yelling in, into the sky yeah. And, yeah. And, and crying into a pillow, and I didn't, Love the idea of believing in some of the things I believed in yeah, because it couldn't, for sure. it just didn't compute. Why yeah. do hard things happen? Why do bad things happen? Mm -hmm. and, and all of that. And yet, I can now see on the other side of pushing toward God and being right. closer in community with people that were reminding me of my truth in the midst of me questioning it mm -hmm. that, oh, no, no. Some of what is happening here is actually a function of building a stronger faith That's and right. helping get you closer to something that maybe you were missing in yeah. thinking that things were working as well as they were when they weren't, yeah. and now that they aren't, you're going to see it. And why do we as a church think that God's like, you're mad at me? <laughs> Out. Right? I'm like, has anybody read any of the Psalms? Right? I mean, that is, that is a bunch of dudes who are just like, railing at times. I mean, David is just going off. 
And it, and it feels to me, throughout Scripture, God gets closer. It's not the opposite. Yeah. And so I think it's, it's such a good word. It's, well, it's, it's interesting, too. I mean, you said the word deconstruction. Like, this is not the you know, point necessarily even of the conversation. But I think it's interesting to find someone who uh, I can have a conversation with, whether it's you, my, my pastor at my church in real mm-hmm. time, is doing something that I am just, like, terrified and excited by, which mm-hmm. is having a conversation about how big our God is to handle our questions mm. of deconstruction in the midst of preaching. He's having yeah. this conversation. And I I don't know where we came up with this idea of having a fragile God that yeah. couldn't handle great word. our doubt or our frustration or our deconstruction. And it's Well, I, just, think when, I think when our leaders, including any of us that are in any kind of limelight, but like are fragile, sadly, I think that gets attached to the image of God. Mm. And I think when we, and then we purvey that as an ideology to the community, then that gets attached as opposed to going, what your preacher doing is like, I don't know. I don't know that answer. And, yeah. But it doesn't scare me. You know, like, I, I'm sorry I can't help you. Let's pray about it and hope that God can provide the answer. Maybe he can, but at least he can give you peace yeah. in the midst of it. But I think, you What's know, interesting, to be honest, though, is I appreciate that he's said, hey, I'm okay with not knowing every answer. And it actually immediately for the congregation is like, well, wait a second. I don't know if I'm okay with you (laughs) as the church leader not knowing every answer because I just come to you for the prescription. Exactly. Take these twice a day. Everything will be fine. Yeah. Do these things. Check these boxes. And when that list is gone or when it's questioned as to whether or not it's actually the thing that's going to get you closer, make you, you know, quote unquote, right. Yeah. It's, it's a little bit scary, but he's also modeling that it's okay to That's live right. inside of that ambiguous space that maybe in the ambiguity has you asking questions that you wouldn't have asked yeah. if not for the ambiguity. I'm yeah. like, okay, yeah. I'm ready. God's big enough. Handle these questions. Yeah. Now I'm going to try and yeah. get a little bit closer, yeah. and maybe in getting closer, he'll come closer to me. Well, it's a faith. Isn't, right. it, isn't that the whole thing? No, I know. I know. I know. It's not just a list of things you got to do. It's not. I know. Like, you know, I think for all of us, it's the scariest part, but I think that's where some of the most beautiful growth and to your point, peace comes from. Yeah. So this book of mine is about courage. It's really about this idea of having the courage to every day walk a little bit closer to this version of who you were put on this planet to be. Wow. And the big idea is that you, Dave Barnes, me, Dave Hollis, every listener listening today was created with very deliberate and specific intention. Wow. Right? That there's no mistake in any of our wiring, any of our experiences, any of our emotions, any of our love, the way that we feel. All of those things were intentionally given, which makes us this limited edition, one of one. There is no one like us. And with that, in that intention, our job here on this planet is to every day walk a little closer to honoring the intention of our Creator. Man, I love that. But man, that takes courage, right? That takes courage because so many of the things that our intention may require could press against what our family of origin thinks or what other moms are doing or Mm -hmm. how we worry about what it will feel like when we try something and fail. Yeah. I'm curious in your life, in your world, like when you think about the intention of your creator, like you're doing something in creating music that I can tell just from the way that you talk about it, lights you up. Mm -hmm. But was there a time where you didn't necessarily feel like you could, were you always in a place where you were like, yeah, man, pursue that music. It's going to be the thing that's going to yeah. you know, bring your gifts to bear. It's going to honor the intention of your creator. Did it ever take courage to step into what you're doing today? 
I think it takes courage weekly, if not like daily, every other day. Uh, you know, there's so many conversations I've had with my wife throughout my career. The highest highs, the lowest lows, where I was like, I just think I don't want to do this anymore. And she, so many times, was the voice of reason going like, you know that's not true. This is either really hard or it's great and you're scared. Or it's bad and you're scared. Yeah. It's funny, those are the same things. But for me at least. And um, So I think it's never, you know, I, I think to assuage any sort of <laughs> suspicions by people that go, man, it seems like things are sort of working and, and I'm thankful for where I am. But it, it, um, it takes courage all the time. And here's the thing that I think is really tricky about success is I would argue it takes more courage on the other side of success, whatever you deem that to be, yeah. than it does maybe on the on the front part because we just can't, it's so hard to know what that's gonna look like. And then when it starts to happen, you know, that's a big part of my story is I feel like I just really underestimated. I had no game plan for what would happen if it actually worked. Yeah. And then you have a whole new set of courage sort of arrows in the in the bow you've got to learn how to use or yeah. hopefully be able to use. So I think for me it's still a daily thing. You know, it's like there's new little battles I have to wage every day if it's just in my head, you know, and the voices that I hear that I'm telling myself. Yeah. Um, you know, and that's why the peace element is so important is to hear the real voice, yeah. the real truth to kind of squash yeah. the things that, and then to have courage and then to go, oh yeah, that's right. That is who I am. That's, that's what I'm made to do. This is what gives me life and joy. I am so fascinated by this real quick. So I, I've, I've experienced the same kind of thing and that I built a big career. Mm-hmm. I was at the height of having achieved the success as dictated or decided by society like oh yeah, if you yeah. get to this level or make this kind mm-hmm. of money or have this kind of access then you'll be successful I thought if I could get there I'd be more lovable I'd be more affirmed in being enough or whatever it ends up being and as I got there I was like eh, I'm not sure that this is actually honoring the intention of my creator yeah. right I don't know that this is the best use of my potential and I decided to make a jump from a corporate environment into the things I do today but after having created that kind of success, I became in my head so aware of my worry of what other people might say because of their now measuring me against the kind of success that I had previously. Yeah. So as you've achieved success in your career early on, what are the voices, what are the stories that you hear? That How much are- time do we have? <laughs> <laughs> and I can do it in numerous languages too. Um, you know, I, I will say, before I say that, to just encourage what you said, there's a podcast called Broken Record, and, and it's Malcolm Gladwell and Rick Rubin, but Rick Rubin has Andre 3000 on. And it's if you guys get a chance to listen to that episode with Rick and, and Andre, it is, I can call him Dre. Um, I'm call him Dre, I'm call him Dre. Um, it is one of the most insightful uh, moments into an artist's brain and a creative's brain. But one of the things that he says is, all we're really trying to do is get back to being that five-year-old in your own plan. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem with success is it's like it blows. All of a sudden, that that uh, bedroom is a stage, and there's people in the audience. So it's like, what was this wonderful little incubated thing you're playing and messing up, and then having success, and then blah, blah, blah. and you're like, this is so fun. All of a sudden, success blows those walls off, and you look out and you're like, oh my god, there's a lot of people, and they're yeah. like, and you're like. Oh, uh, which toys are you gonna play with? Next? Yeah, like what's, oh, okay, watch. Okay, he's not playing with the crayons. He has moved to sharpies. That's confidence, folks. That is confidence. <laughs> so I think you know, all of a sudden you're so self-aware. Yeah. You know, and I think uh, that I think the things that I struggle with, and I tell you, are really weird about my industry. And I, and I wonder if this would translate to your experience. But I know in entertainment, 
it's so much like athletic, like professional athletes to me because you your your trajectory is really tight and fast, mm-hmm. and so you know you're really doing you're pretty much a lot of people are done by thirty five. Oh. Again, like a wide receiver or yeah. whatever, yeah. whatever the analogy sport you want to use, but you know it, it's it's quick, it's fast, it's, it can it can be amazingly successful, but it still doesn't have the legs to be so. You're it's fat, and this is where Acuff and those guys have such cool thoughts about these kind of trajectories. But where somebody in their forties is becoming an expert in most fields, you're just hitting your stride. You're like, here we go, I'm getting my second win. Now I know what I'm doing. For you know us, that's thirty. Wow, you know, and so the the tail is a pretty wicked thing. It's a conversation I have with a lot of my friends. It's sort of like, but what happens if you still love to do it, but you can start to feel a little bit of the winds of change? Where or you're if like, you're starting to play against the tail, yes, which I can't even imagine. Yeah. Wait, wait, wait. We gotta play it safer, guys. We don't want that tail. That's we, exactly. We right. gotta not take this creative chance. What are the kids I'm, listening to? Right, Beaver. What's he doing with his hair? I'll do it. Okay, <laughs> face tattoos. God, it's commitment, but I'll do it. I'll do it. You know, it's like you start going. What is it? What, what does it take to stay in the game? Like, how do I stay healthy? How do I, you know, if yeah. you're the, you, the 35 wide, re- you're a wide receiver that everybody loves and respects, but you got a 21 year old kid who's running circles around you. You're like, I just want to stay on the team. Yeah. You know, I'll be on special teams. You know? And so I think it's, th- that's the thing. That's a lot of the sort of chatter I have to watch in my head is yeah. that sort of like, dude, it's done. Nobody cares. And, you know, and trying to really, you know, know how to navigate that and, it's it's but it's a lot of things you know it's like there's creativity is weird I mean I think that the well is always it's always got water in it but it's just different you know when you've written a song it'd be like you know you writing a book you have let's say ten years from now you have amazing new thoughts about courage you got to deal with the fact that like I kind of already did it. I did. How do courage. I iterate I that in a way that again? doesn't? That's yeah. exactly right. Yeah. And how many songs can you write about love? How many it's songs so can you funny. write about? I, I had this conversation with Acuff yesterday. I was like, hey, when you think, it was not even when we were recording, but I was like, hey, in your creative process, do you have to consider the library of what has been created so yeah. that you are completely and discreetly creating new? Or can you create some two-hander moments? But, yeah. You know, and he had start and finish. Like, yeah. there are, I think, some things yeah. that you can do. Yeah. But, I find myself very conscientious of, Oh yeah. did I talk about that already? Yeah. Is that an okay thing for me to now yeah. talk about again? My thoughts have changed, but I already yeah. covered the topic. I'm sure it's the same way in, in Well, and music. I think, too, if you look at the arc, and I think this is biblical, I, I mean, I think there is something in the way that God made our lives work and that I, I can't shake feeling like that's kind of how it's supposed to be. Yeah. You think about, you know, the book Halftime. I think he was really onto it, like this idea that, like, you're gonna, it's gonna look like, I can grid out for this, kind of everybody that came to the show today, I can grid this out for you. You're probably gonna have a lot of productivity and success, but there's gonna be a moment where there's a younger better, or you're kind of tired of it, or you're going back to the well and you're like, there's a little bit, if we move it, is the sun just, you know? Yeah. And you, but so, so, and I think that's why this thing that's suddenly turns other focused, benevolence, how do I help those younger, how yeah. do I, cause, because I just think there is a little bit of an atrophy, not that we can't keep doing it, because the irony is, and the thing that frustrates me the most is, it, you're, the, you're the best you've ever been right now. 100%. And so then you got to deal with this weird battle of going, I'm seeing it, I'm going, th- I'm like, I've never known so much, you, and then you're also going, but maybe less people care, right? so you're having to do this weird. You know what's really interesting though, is that like part of what I can connect to that correlates with best I've ever been, is that I am more connected to who I wanted to be before I became who I'd become yeah, than I've ever great. been. Right? That's like, really great. There was a 19 year old 
who wanted to be Dan Rather, that wanted to yeah. grow up and be a reporter. And I ended up jumping into the entertainment business thinking like, well, one day yeah. I'll find a way to yeah. put myself in that anchor's desk yeah. because I'll just grow as an executive and yeah. then I can make the executive decision. Yeah. And now I find myself as an author and a podcaster and a coach reporting, yeah. luckily not about the news, yeah. but reporting and storytelling in the way that that 18, 19 year old version of me wanted to. But, yeah. And that is like, oh, I'm connected yeah. to this passion point that was in yeah. me at the beginning and that I lost somewhere along the way. Yeah. And so for anyone who's listening, you're like, man, I just keep on getting this whisper. Is it is it the voice of God? Is it my intuition? Is yeah. it my knowing or whatever? Like, There's a whole host of things that people call it. Listen to it because yeah. there's a good chance it's this whisper of a two decades ago version of you begging to be paid attention yeah. to that, hey, this is who you wanted to be before you became who you've become. Yeah. If you just spend some time with me, I promise there's right. fulfillment and purpose. Well, here. and I tell you too, the danger of my self-talk, Acuff's soundtrack's book is right? a huge plug for that. It's so genius about this, but which is funny because it's just like cleverly disguised gospel, <laughs> which I think even Acuff would sort of meant to. But like, I just feel like, you know, Solomon's like, mm, what? No, oh, nice original idea. <laughs> I shot called this thousands of years ago. But like, you know, just this idea that like, um, that's the danger to me is we can get so wrapped up in our heads about the self-narrating. And, you know, and you're going, yeah, and this is what's happened. It's been great, but now I'm doing it and this is what good is about. And then the, the power to your point of getting around people that can speak into that. I talked to the guy the other day. God is so kind with these moments. But I was talking to a friend of mine. He sent this sweet text, but he's like, man, it's just so encouraging seeing you care how well it's working. You've just been so focused. And first thing I did was shot him down. I've not been focused. I'm doing all these things. And he shot back like, no, actually... Because he was asking if I had like a Spotify um, songwriter thing. And I was like, I don't have a Spotify one, but Apple made one for me. It's really cool. It's all the songs written for other people. And he was like, I just love how focused you are. I shot back the just, you know, no, you're wrong. I'm terrible. You know, and he was right. like, no, that's not true. But the first thing you ever told me when we met is that you wanted to write songs for people. And it was like this really sobering moment. And I think that's the power of community and getting out of our heads yeah. and getting around people yeah. that can go, no, I remember you telling me you're 18, you wanted to, and you're like, oh my gosh, like, oh my gosh, like I've forgotten that because I'm like, you know, yeah. instead of having these, th those moments where you sit with people and you're, they can go, hey, can I tell you what we've seen and what's happening? Or just the beauty of having somebody go, man, it just seems like things have really worked for you in right, this space. Right? And you're kind of like, oh. Wow. Is that I what you think? They, yeah. <laughs> Maybe they have. Well, it's an interesting thing, though, because courage is something that, man, I want to help people cultivate in the book mm -hmm. or that I'd hope that anyone just has naturally flowing in their bones. But flowing in their bones? I like that. I was actually Blood, way into that. doesn't matter how things <laughs> flow. But, Can that be the tagline? Yeah, flowing in their bones. <laughs> built through courage. Flowing in your bones. <laughs> uh, but there are times when you have to borrow courage from somebody else yes. who's got more yeah. access to it. I mean, I know at yeah. the beginning of my divorce, I was just like, grief was present. Yeah. And God bless him, my pastor sent this same text every single day, 11 uh. words, every single day. Same thing, every single day. What small piece of sadness can I hold for you today? Jeez, and it was just this suggestion that he was walking with me. It mm. wasn't like, I wanna try and convince you that it's gonna be better, or that it's not as bad as it seems, or that I have some silver bullet solution, it yeah. was, this is heavy. Yeah. It sucks. Yeah. I'm happy to hold just a small piece of it if I can so that you don't feel alone. Mm. And that act was just a, hey, have a little piece mm. of my heart, but also 
maybe you can cultivate a little bit of courage to believe that this is going to get better over yeah. time by knowing that you're not walking through it alone. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. That, I, I can't tell you how important I think that is. I, it, it grieves me that so much of the chatter we see and how many megaphones we have to do incredible good these days. If it's just texts right? on a phone or social media or Twitter, there are a million ways that we could encourage people today. And instead, we, you know, we do the opposite. Right. And I'm like, it, it's, it, I, 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 I just can't speak enough to how much my life is, has been and, and was changed by people that stepped in and gave me courage. Yeah. Changed my life. Yeah. If I hadn't had people that were doing what I wanted to do, step out of their life, acknowledge me, and go like, hey, you should do this. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think I would have scrapped along trying, but it, there's no way I would have brought the courage yeah. that I had to be like, well, he's great and she's great. And if they're right, they think I'm great. Oh, Maybe I'm it's so big. No, it's so huge, especially if you're trying something new. Yes. Right? Like, I've been in this season of just saying yes to a whole host of things, yeah. but walking alongside people who've already done these new things and having yeah. them say like, oh, this is what you ought to expect. Or when I fall down, they're like, oh, I remember falling yeah. at that same spot. Same man. spot. It's so funny that it yeah. happened to you too. Yeah. Here's what I learned when I fell. What'd you learn? Like, yeah. oh, falling is normal. Yeah. I'm not terrible yeah. and I'm now gonna keep going. You know, so that's one of the things that's so interesting about my time. It is so funny. I know if I have had time with the Lord by how others centric I get, how encouraging I get. Yeah. It is a hundred percent true all the time. It's almost like a litmus paper test for me. I'm like, am I in a good place? Well yeah, I sent some texts to someone I was telling somebody. I'm like, oh okay. Like it's everything good. feels pretty groupy. It's, it's you know? aligned. But it's like and then obviously the opposite is I'm just like all, all eyes on me all the time. Go, 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 you know. And so I think for me, I, I just I think if you have been blessed by benevolence it is hard not to be benevolent. 100%. And, I think, and so that's a part of culture as I, as I think about my life in the next season, in this sort of second half of my life, it's a huge passion of mine. That's something I've, I've spent a lot of time thinking about is what does it look like for me to try to have some formal setting to do that, to yeah. spend time, because I was. Oh, yeah. That's my story is people's benevolence, is people stepping out of their lives yeah. and going like, hey, like you got a cool thing going. You yeah. know? We've, got a, we've got this... Uh, sign that we made Home Depot style over the dining room table and one of the last words, it's a Luke verse that's just twisted a tiny and it says, to whom much is given, much is expected. Oh yeah. But it's just this reminder, I mean like, man, there's privilege that exists here, mm. there's been so much opportunity afforded, yeah. I do, man, feel grateful for the way that potential was placed in me and I hope to think that I'm honoring that intention and yeah. unleashing it, but man, there also comes some responsibility with yeah. it, and I, lo I just I love that. I hope that there is something formal that shows up. Well, I tell lucky you that, to have you, man. Uh, well, I, I tell you the thing, and I, I'll say this: I think the thing that I keep getting challenged by is like it is not fair for me to expect that from other people if I'm not doing it myself. Because I think if I can do that for my younger friends, especially that are doing music, that's the space that this yeah. is that, that translates the best. It. I just think. I hope and think they're probably going to do it too. Yeah. And so it starts with me. It's like, it's not fair to me sit with my cronies, my community and be like, hey guys, come on, like let's get up and go. When it's like, well, hold on, let me just do my part. Yeah. 
And then at least I can see the fruit of that and hope that others do the same. Yeah. But I think that's the thing is I find myself sort of like, why aren't we? And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> By the way, though, your recognition that you were the beneficiary of people taking you under the, your, un, them, the idea that others were taking you under your wing was something that encouraged you. And if mm-hmm. you can do it for someone else, it creates yeah. this like generational thing that yeah. maybe has them coming up and deciding to look back over and help pull yeah. somebody up too. Yeah, right? for sure. All right, as I was walking in here, there are like 1,000 bikes on the side of yeah, your house. Yeah, those are all mine. Yeah, I've, Every I size. mean, which by the way, a great collection. It's training. No, they're, it's really good for it's quads. A really great collection, especially the smaller ones. I just can't imagine the speed. It's <laughs> really worth Really good on the quads. <laughs> Uh, so you're the dad of three humans, is this yes, correct? Yeah. Yes, yes. You have a podcast called Dadville, yeah. which is fantastic no, with John. Uh, talk about the kind of courage it takes to be a great dad. Oh my God. I don't, I don't know if there's anything that takes more courage. Right? Um, it's so, you know what I think is so hard about it is that it's just gelatinous in nature. It is always moving. It's always changing. <laughs> I've like, never heard it described you as gelatinous, I mean? but it's, it's like totally gelatinous. The minute you kind of go like, I think I've got this. Your kid's like, I'm not like that anymore. You're like, oh my <laughs> gosh. You know, so I yeah. think the, it takes a lot of courage. And you know, I think the thing that I've thought about the most lately in that space is the courage it takes for me to be present. Mike Donahue from uh, Tenth Avenue North was on the podcast a couple days ago, and he said something that really, and I feel like every interview we have, somebody says something that I'm like, so it's a completely selfish act. Like yeah. People are like, so great you're doing anything. I'm like, oh, yeah, no, yeah, totally. We This benevolence. Um, meanwhile, just the notes Note I take. Oh, my right. gosh. Oh, yeah. I feel like we should put a book out. <laughs> and if anyone out there is interested. But, you know, I'm like, I, I think there is something. He's, he said that one of the best, he said, anytime I've ever seen a family where I see the kids and I'm like, you have great kids. And I talk to the parents, they say the exact same thing. So, of course, John and I are like Lean on in. his face. Lean on in. Like <laughs> pressing my ear into his mouth. But he said, they just say to pay attention. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And I thought, that is one of the hardest things for me because it makes me have to be present. Yeah. Which takes so much work for me. Yeah. I'm always thinking of the future. I'm everywhere but where I am in that moment so many times. So I think for me, the courage is to not get anxious about something I'm, I'm either wanting to escape to to make myself feel better or um, that the moment's hard and I just want to be in it. You yeah. know? But that is always the thing that takes the most work for me is the present. It's just to be where I am. If that's somebody screaming at me. If that's the best moment we're having, but just to go, I just want to be here and pay attention. Yeah, it's so yeah. crazy because if I if I made a mistake coming into fatherhood, it was that I thought I'd be the same dad to all of my children. Yes, and I have four kids. Yeah, I have a high schooler, a middle schooler, an elementary schooler, Do you're an and a preschooler. <laughs> there are four kids, four schools, four drop-offs. Oh my god, it's gosh. a thing. But also four really unique and distinct personalities, yes. different yes. love languages, different. Yep interests and passions and everything and so what's even crazier on top of what you just said is that now me being interested or present requires meeting them where they are which is now like oh I'm gonna be out playing catch with one and digging in dirt with another and dancing in a tutu with another like it's just yes all that the presence is now on another level if yeah. you truly want to have them feel like they are seen. That's and I right. think that's what every, that's right. every one of our kids wants. There's a moment, I just watched The Chosen. Good, it wrecked me. I, yeah. I basically just cried for eight episodes. I was just like, <laughs> oh my God, does this seem like you'd have been the greatest guy? And, um, but he walks in, this moment just wrecked me. He walks in 
and you know, this is a fictitious moment, obviously, so you gotta be careful about these things, but I just thought it was beautiful all the same, but he's talking to Peter's wife, and I forget, but he just says, I just want you to know I see you. And I was like, toast. <laughs> yep. Toast. That's what, that's what, at a basic level, all humans Everybody want. Wants. That's what all of us want. So when Mike said that yesterday, we talked about this on the podcast, that scene in the show, but I, I, it just so clicked with me. I was like, I think, yeah, if I can just do that with my kids, I, I just, that's my new focus. I feel like that's the thing for me is like, when they go, hey, dad, I'm not, you know, yeah. Still phone in hand. Or like, yeah, yeah oh, you know, yeah. we're going like, and I mean, you know, you got to be careful because at some point, you know, life is life and you can't just like yeah. drop everything all the time. But I, I think for me, that's been the new courage is kind of being like, all right, you know, I, I'm going to try to be sort of bold and step into these moments and trust that if I am letting something go or that thing will be okay. Be but, but this is the priority for yeah. these next however many years. You all know? right. So then flip side, how do you encourage your children to be courageous? How do you, how do you encourage them to mm. be brave enough to walk toward their fear for the opportunity to grow or to step into who they're yeah. here to be? You know, the thing that I've been really convicted about lately is like, <laughs> this is such a terrible example. I love it already. So I think what I'll tell you what I think I've learned, then I'll tell you the story, but I, I think I'm learning, I really have to show that to them yeah. with my life. Totally agree. And my kids were, at the, <laughs> this is amazing, they were at the jungle gym. So they got the monkey bars. And the boys are just bound to have a 10-year-old and a 5-year-old, and the, the two boys and the girl in the middle. And the boys were just bound and determined they're going to they're gonna get these monkey bars. Well, they're doing pretty good. And I had, like, I, I'm not going to say it's God or the Holy Spirit, but it's just been, I've felt so strongly in those moments. I got to do it too. It's just not, I don't want to be that dad yeah. who's the armchair quarterback, who's like, do better. And I'm like, yeah, you know, like just paunched and like run faster. You're so out of shape, you know? So I was like, all right, I got to do these monkey bars. And, so and I'm like, you guys, let me show. And I think I literally said, let me show you. And so by the grace of God, and I mean that it's a prayer of things. I got across them. David, I got to the other side and I slowly lowered my arms. And I remember thinking, is it two torn labrums? It could be. I literally thought, we may have to go to the ER. But I couldn't tell you how excited that I was that I got to the you other modeled side. modeled was those like, monkey bars. Oh, every, every grip was a prayer. I was just like, please. Because you're there watching. Just like so, hawks. So good. So I think that's been kind of something new for me is like, I just don't want to. And, and it's hard. I think it's hard for any parent not to do that. Because you probably did do whatever they've done. So you do have some sense of like, oh, I did that. But to re-enter some of those moments and go yeah. like, okay, if you're not going to do that, maybe I just not do that with you. Or you're going to do that, well, then I'll do it with you. You know, if you want to start running, what if it looks like for me to get up and do that with you more than I already do? Okay, right. you know. But I think that's something for me that I'm like, I just feel like it feels like that's a dad thing to do is just to be like, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to, again, it's an interest. It's I'm paying attention. Yeah. And if I'm paying attention, you want to do that? Man, it works. what greater gift than your time? Yeah, you know, so, so good. I love that. All right, bringing it back to the patio, the now covered, air conditioned, yeah. beautiful. We had There's this rug on way. the ground. I mean, it's just yeah. lovely. I mean, yeah, you this brought wasn't a, here yesterday. No, that you built it <laughs> in anticipation of me coming to yes. town with this small film crew. And I, I, 
<laughs> like you for that. Well, I also you brought a bonsai tree in here. Yeah, I do just, you like I that? I want to give you credit for it uh, is, walking around with small trees. If it's not dead, it's gasping its very last breath. Well, it looks lovely. I don't Thank know you. anything about bonsai Thank trees. You. So, uh, this space yeah. for you, it's a place where you create. Yeah. What else? Like, what? What? Tell me about this. Tell me about this place that we're in because it's, I'm always interested in like where. The thing that you have the most passion for in life also happens to take place. Yeah, th there's a lot of things about this room. So when we built the house, I really wanted to have a studio I could work in. So we built this right after we built the house. Um, rooms for writing are really fascinating places because I write a lot by myself. In fact, I write almost all of my own music for myself by myself. So it's if people much... don't know, will you just say like you've written for some pretty yeah. big artists? Yeah. What are some of the biggest things before um, you continue? I just yeah. interrupted, but Does I want you to brag. Come on, um, you can flex while you do it. That's what fine. if I had them tattooed? Like, no, I'll just show you. That would be um, amazing. No, the, the biggest one that really set everything off is I had a song that I recorded that input out called God Gave Me You that then Blake Shelton re recorded and had a big hit with. Yeah. And, and since then it's been fun because um, that sort of started people recording songs and all that. But then another song called Craving You that Thomas Rhett did with Marin Morris. But right now what's fun is I have a song with Lady A called Like a Lady that's from personal experience. And that's um, doing really well, which is really so fun. So good. That's, that's always such a fun season. Because, you know, I have my artistry that I do and just played the Ryman a couple weeks ago myself. Amazing. So it's just fun to doubt. It's fun to have some things that, like, but, you know, that that's, as a writer, one of the funnest things is when you have a song that's on the chart and you're just kind of like. It's amazing. It's moving. So that's a huge, I'm really thankful for that. Um, but, uh yeah, I mean, so, so so due to that, so there's, like I said, there's kind of my artistry and then I write for other people. Um, so I'm in here a lot by myself. It's kind of a sanctuary. It's a safe, quiet space for me to work my things out and pace and write and um, very cathartic, very calm, very... It's amazing because I'm a pretty extreme extrovert, but I realized probably 15 years ago when I was starting my career, I would have these days where I was by myself for hours at a time. And I would literally, I was living with my best friend at the time before we each got married, and... I would look up and he'd get home at 4.30 or 5 and I'd be like, is it 5? Wow. And like, I spent a whole day by myself. Like, look at me. <laughs> I'm a grown up But now. then it becomes exactly, like, what do I get? Do I get a car or insurance or something? Taxes? Um, but I remember it became a pretty vital part of how I created. Like it went from like, oh, I can do this to almost like, I got to kind of have this now. Yeah. So that, that's this. I tell you the other thing that I love about it is the create the co-creative space to me is what's so fun because... You have people come in to write, and you spend an hour, sometimes two, catching up, talking life, sharing experiences, encouraging, like listening, and then you create these things. And so it's a really fun space for me, too, because not only is it from what I create and I do, but it's a shared space. Yeah. So people, so that's what's, you know, that's what's so interesting about, you know, like you said, these sort of peaceful places is you hope people feel that, too. You yeah. want people to walk, you know, that, that was something that really meant a lot to me and say mattered to me when we were making it, was I don't want this to be just something that feels like uh, my little man cave, and I hope you got because, you know, I write with a lot of women. I was like, I want this to feel like anybody that comes in goes, man, it just feels great in here. I yeah. feel like I can be free and, you know, be creative. And so um, that's a big part of it, too, is sort of not just having a place that I like, but a place that sort of feels communal. It's welcoming. Yeah, it's welcoming. I, as a person who's been welcomed in, it's welcome. <laughs> That's good. I appreciate it. I like a studio. I don't go to many. I though I am uh, recording the audiobook. Oh yeah. This book, uh, August thirtieth and thirty first, in Willie Nelson's studio in Austin. Austin, dude. I mean, 
you're going to be I'm going to so just take a little bit of the high. vibe. And also probably a little high. You're right. <laughs> They're just going to notice, like, as you read, the it book gets is slower. Great, and then it just slowly, it just starts slowing down. It is like, hey, uh, hour two, we need to stop Dave. Every By the end, time. I'm just reading Green Lights from Matthew McConaughey, oh, and I don't laughing, know why. It's just like, oh my time. goodness, this is like, crazy. Giggle like this, this is crazy. Know? Uh, All right. Last question. Uh, I'm going to turn this into uh, the podcast for Rise Together as well. And I ask this same question of any guest that comes on every single time, which is just a simple, if you had a piece of advice, uh, whether it's uh, a thought, uh, a single thing that you'd hope Mm. someone might do this week, what is the, what's like the one thing that you would throw out to try and encourage or challenge somebody to get closer to peace? Um, I think... Um, there's a million things that people have probably said that are like really wonderful spiritual biblical things. I think the thing that is the piece of advice that is that is extra biblical, you know, like not from what God has said directly for me is a quote that changed my life, and it, I still reference this quote almost daily. And and um, and it is this: whenever we come together, sharing our strengths, it breeds competition. Whenever we come together sharing our weaknesses, it breeds community. Ooh. <laughs> to me, I'm like... So good. So that, that's so that's good. My, yeah. I, I love, love that. that quote, yeah. Dave Barnes? Yeah. Good man. I appreciate <laughs> yeah, you bringing me to the studio, yes, of dude. of course. Of course. All right. <laughs>